Ladies and gentlemen, a preamble to our podcast that myself and Dave Menzano recorded a week ago now. Sorry this is late, but I've had stuff on, what can I say, you know, like procrastinating. So, um, yes, in this episode, me and Dave get into the Mediterranean diet, which is interesting because Dave grew up in the Mediterranean, he's Italian, um, and it's a really level-headed diet. I'm releasing it on the same day that I'm releasing the carnivore diet, which, again, is an old recording, well, old, you know, three or four weeks old now, and I had a listen to it, and I think you can hear in our voices, this isn't the intro to that podcast, but anyway, you can hear our enthusiasm for this diet is much greater than our enthusiasm for the carnivore diet. These two episodes are being released today, I won't ramble on for too long, but as always, if you enjoy hearing myself and Dave chat fitness and nutrition then uh, yes get in touch to the uh, coffee with coaches podcast get in touch with me at tim college fitness on instagram get in touch with dave at dave dave menzano instagram it might be david menzano i apologize dave anyway here is myself and dave going over the mediterranean diet enjoy Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Coffee with Coaches. Feels like we've had a bit of a summer summer ho- holiday, and uh, we're back. Dave's been away. I've been nowhere, but um, <laughs> because I can't go anywhere. But um, yeah, we're back and uh, had a little bit of a break. We've released episodes. There's one more to come. I'll release it the same day as this one. So we're going to release the carnivore diet, which we've already gone over. And today, we're going to go over the Mediterranean diet. Is that right, Dave? Yes, yes. And a bit of training as well we yeah, can talk yeah. about is always good. Yeah, sure. Um, and how was your break, man? Did you surf a lot? Oh, a lot, lots. Was it? Was the surf good? You know what? It was a lot better than I uh, would have expected really? since uh, it was summer. Amazing. Yeah, really good. Some big days as well. And yeah, lots, lots. Really, really consistent. And i tell you what, I... Um, you know, we spoke a little while ago about, uh, you know, training and burning calories. And, uh, you know, mm. I, I did mention surfing. And um, and I was thinking because many years ago, before there was all these gadgets, and I used to surf a lot when I was, you know, back in my teens and 20s, you know, hours and hours every day. Sometimes I remember being in the water like six, seven hours. Yeah. There'd be some really good days, right? And uh, I mentioned this before in a podcast, I think that I'd go out and I'd eat like six burgers, <laughs> and uh, and six ice creams and and the last one I had to get it to go because if not I just kept going back for more right yeah 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 and I'd be curious to know back then this is like going back in, in late nineties really how many calories a day I would have been burning right so yeah. now I've got a tracker that I have used and um, so I normally on a good day. When I'm here, you know, I'm keeping active. So, for instance, uh, uh, yesterday I did, I ran uh, 35 minutes, six and a half k. You know, not you know nothing to write home about, but you know, steady. I did um, some workouts uh, at the back, so swings. I, I, I did this good workout actually from uh, Pavel, the, the guy that uh, brought the kettlebells to America uh, from Russia, yeah. basically. And it's uh, American swings all the way up. 
Uh, and then I just combine that with some pull-ups and push-ups for five rounds. Yeah. yeah. Then I changed it. I kept the swings again. And I did dips on the rings and uh, say for the chin-ups on the first part, I did pull-ups on the second part. So I ended up doing 10 rounds plus some shoulder presses and some rows to, to complement the workout and some, uh, a bit of mobility, right? Yeah. And I did a bit more of a walk. So, you know, pretty active. I think I walked something like 15,000 steps, on, you know, on top of my workouts. And I came up uh, at the end of the day with 3,500 calories, right? So, yeah, you know, not bad. When I was surfing to him, I was burning four and a half thousand some days. Really? <laughs> yeah. And no I gonna, exercise, obviously, you know, just being in the water. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's, it's just something else. And especially on the days that it's big and you got a lot of current because you're just paddling mm. and paddling and catching waves. And so it's really, really. And the duration, right? Like, I think um, people often get mixed up a, a lot with how there's only so intense you can work out. I, I set a challenge to a group over the weekend um, we're going, they're going hard at it for 21 days. And I said, look, um, I set two options. I said, either, um, I set a 50,000 step challenge. So two days, 50,000 steps mm. or, um, a total of 8,000 calories burned. So 4,000 each day. And a friend of mine is in the group and he said, uh, oh, it was like, whatever, 6 PM, I think. And I, he said, uh, I've got, uh, 1,500 calories left to burn to, to reach the target that you set. I said, okay. I said, to be honest, the best way to do that is to go and walk or get on the stairs and walk up and down the stairs in the building or walk up the stairs. He's got a, um, he's got a ski erg. Oh you yeah. Know the ski erg machine. Yeah. If anyone doesn't know, it's like a rowing machine, just standing up basically. Um, and obviously that is an option, but it's so intense that you could only do at the most you would do at the very most, maybe half an hour straight. And because it's so intense, it wouldn't allow you to go long enough to burn those 1,500 calories that you had left. So you like with your surfing, surfing's a nice intensity where you surf. I mean, I'm talking about my own surfing experience. You might be different Dave, if you can go hard at it for long, but you know, you paddle for a bit, you, you, which is obviously the equivalent of, of sort of swimming. And then you paddle hard to catch a wave and then you stand up for maybe, or for, for myself, it was never more than, you know, a minute or so. Well, a minute um, would be a long time. If you get, you need a really long wave to be up for a minute. If you get, exactly, exactly. Yeah. What I mean is it's, it's a, and then you would, I would fall off and then paddle back out, which is all doable, right? You're changing that intensity yeah. consistently. Um, whereas an intense workout, like is if, if you had a day of doing something that was super intense, you have to stop, right? There's a, you know, like if you go, well, it depends on the fitness level you're at, of course. If you go rowing, if you went and did a rowing workout, it wouldn't be ever much more than a, a half an hour to an hour at the most. And it might leave you uh, very sedentary for the rest of the day because you need to recover from it. I, find, I think some of the days that I've burnt my most calories ever, when I think back, I would have been doing work, manual work, like, you know, laboring or working on uh, building sites and stuff like that, because we was nonstop all day, but nothing I was doing was going to kill me, you know? Do you know, yeah. I mean, in terms of, uh, to answer your question with that, I could see on my tracker. So if I was, for example, you know, I said 4,500 calories, that's a lot in one day for me. And that yeah. wasn't in half hour. Obviously, that was, you know, surfing maybe even twice in that day, right? So yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I looked at my activity, activity tracker, let's say I've been active for, you know, um, 
exercising for two hours for argument's sake it would only be eight or nine minutes which would have been high intensity because you, you mm. know you're paddling and then you catch your so it's not like you're sprinting all the time you're only really paddling yeah. hard when when the wave is up on you but anyway on, on that context though of of the calories and uh, for fat loss I, I do think that is true because it's more what you burn throughout the day that is going to be more important than, than just doing a big bout of exercise. So yeah, if exactly. you, for example, like now with all these activity trackers, you can see if somebody comes in and does a really hard, you know, gym session, CrossFit style or, you know, circuit, whatever. And in my last 45 minutes, right? Because 45 minutes, you know, some of the, the sessions that, that I do at the gym, they're only half hour, 45 minutes because that is mm. plenty, right? Yeah. But then you might be so tired or you might even think, oh, you know, I just did so much exercise that now I can rest for most of the day. Yeah. Whereas you might have a day where you don't actually do any scheduled exercise, such as going to the gym or anything like that. But you might be, you know, going to the shops, you might be washing your car, cutting your grass. At the end of the day, you might actually check your, your activity, mm. you know, your calorie burn, and you might burn yeah. more on a day that you, that you actually not been at the gym, but you've been yeah. up and up and about, then uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I had a client lose a lot of weight. She she gained a lot of weight having a baby. She came to me afterwards to obviously lose the baby weight, and uh, she struggled to lose, struggled to lose, struggled to lose. And then as soon as the kid started walking and became a toddler, so walking around, yeah. she lost the weight like that because she had to get up every 30 seconds to go and chase the kid across the cafe or yeah. whatever, you know? All of a sudden, her neat, her non-exercise activity went through the roof because the baby was no longer sat in her arms or sat in a pram or chair or whatever. So yeah, um, if, you're a, if you're a new new parent, make the most of that. And you know what? You can make the most of it. Take Take the opportunity to... There's nothing worse than being sat still, like, you know, really, if, if you're unfortunate enough to have a job that doesn't allow you to move, I feel sorry for you. And when you do get the chance to move, just take it, you know, anything. If it's walk to a colleague's office or whatever it is, take the stairs, don't take the lift. And it's hard to get into those habits. But once they're in, it, it could add up to it. it might look like nothing on your activity tracker. It might look like, oh, I just did. 15 calories walking to oh, a it time. makes a difference so yeah no it for sure up and it adds up over a day i mean when the weather's not this hot i'll walk walk to work it's only a 20 minute walk but it's 100 calories every time i do it and I you do know it what it, it makes a difference because that that's the thing you, you know 100 calories in one day okay it's not that much but 100 calories if we did that every day you know even like five days a week that's an extra 500 mm. right so we say to lose one pound of body fat yeah, it's three thousand five hundred calories, right? Yeah. So if you did that, exactly. you know, five hundred a week over over the course of a month, you know, that's yep. already two thousand calories over the course of a year. It, it does make a big difference. But of course. I, I think that for people now at work, especially employers, start to be a lot more aware of mm. uh, productivity. People who are fit tend to be more productive. They tend to be less ill, you know. And and just in the UK, is a big thing now, especially with the COVID that they've seen the people who are uh, yeah. healthier, less overweight, they tend to be uh, less at risk, really. Yeah, 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 cool. Um, yeah, so that's a bit on uh, our sort of training recently. I've just got back from the gym. Pretty, pretty, I'm focusing a lot on mobility. I'm still in the big gym with all the equipment. I've been playing on new toys like belt squat machine and stuff oh, yeah, like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've never, never, I don't think I've ever trained with one before. I've not, not had one um, to use. So 
it was good. I mean, I've mimicked it before with um, kettlebells yeah, on a on a weightlifting belt and stuff, and it's nice. It's interesting that the machine is almost perfect. If you really wanted to work on it, you could play around with, you know, maybe like explosive stuff. It's it would perfect anybody's squat. There's no you can't squat incorrectly with that belt squat machine. It's great, um, and there's other stuff in there. And what I you know I don't have clients in that gym just because of the, the work that I'm doing doesn't, isn't really about that at the moment. But if I did, I'd like to say to some of the trainers, like stop doing bad squats with your clients. There's all this equipment, all these machines to use. And you're just, your client isn't work. A squat doesn't work well for your client. Come and get on the hack squat or mm. come and get on. You don't have to squat because it's fashionable at the moment. You know, you can come and use these machines. They can perfect somebody's movement and then maybe they'll become strong enough and, Things like the hack squat will improve mobility to the point where you'll be able to do a proper squat, you know? Absolutely. But you know what? There's an ego factor to that as well. And sometimes, you know, and I'm sure that me and you have done this, this mistake as well. You get so much into something and then you're, you want your client to reflect your own training and, mm. and you start to forget actually what, what you know, what the client might, might need first or, or might be yeah. more beneficial. To be honest with you, I've done those like hip belt squats. Uh, so for people that don't know what that means, I've, I've used a, a dipping belt. So something that I would use for chin-ups or dips to add more weight. I elevate myself on, on, on some steps. I attach a kettlebell, dumbbell plates, whatever, to the belt. And then I'm just squatting, uh, you know, higher up in the air, should we say, elevated yeah. so that you've got a greater, yeah. greater range of motion. And that is... So the, the weight's situated on your hips. For, yeah, so it's a lot friendlier on the back and, and a lot less You don't have to load stressful. the spine, exactly. Absolutely. Another way to do this exercise, actually, which I've done uh, in a studio now with clients that might be a little bit older, they might have some injuries and, and such, I get them to, to do a squat on a cable machine. I set a cable machine on the lowest pin possible, and then with both hands, or if you have a, a belt, they can use a belt as well. But easiest thing to do really is both hands, you hold on to one or two handles, doesn't really matter. And then yeah. you step back to allow the t enough tension on a cable. Yeah. And then they can squat down and back up, squat down and back up. And that is a really good way to work your squats, so work your quads and your hamstrings and your glutes without loading the spine. Yeah, yeah, the cable can, yeah, the cable can be used for that. It's, it's so... It's very, you know, efficient, ergonomical way to to do a to do a great exercise, and it doesn't mean you can't do a proper squat as well, or a full squat as well. Um, yeah, but like you said, it's an ego thing for a lot of people. But I think people forget why, you know, they join a gym with all this equipment, and then go and use a barbell. Which is, I agree, we can train with nothing but a barbell, but not our, not all of our clients can. Not all of our clients can deadlift. Not all of our clients can squat or military press with a barbell and stuff so make use of all this equipment and yeah. i just don't see it being used in the right way so i also think that in terms of terms generally for you know for overall health and strength and you know all of these uh, parameters it's good to to change what you do change your sets change your reps change your ex exercise lecture so i spoke over the summer i've i've stopped doing squats and deadlifts heavy you know, even during the lockdown, I had the, the um, availability to do so because I've got weights in my garage, but I choose not to. Mm. And just because I wanted to give my, my body a bit of a change. And I'll tell you what, one thing that I've, I've done every day, pretty much every day. I do some power yoga. I've done a video of my yoga routine 
on on YouTube. So people go onto David Manzano on the YouTube. They can see the the mobility uh, workout that I've got. I think it's twenty minutes long. I don't do twenty minutes every time. I I do it every day, but I do it from like eight to ten minutes really, and it's just like a yoga flow. But instead of holding the poses for like a minute or so, I just hold them for twenty seconds. Yeah. Reasons why I mean this works for me is greatly improve my mobility. And Tim, to be honest with you, yes, you know, doing a full class would be more beneficial possibly, but I can't be bothered of doing it. I'm going to be truthful. I, yeah. I find that I get the same benefits if I do it like 10 minutes or so every day yeah. instead of doing it like, like an hour or so once a week. From, yeah, so yeah, doing yeah. little and often that way, I can do it more regularly because I think it's only 10 minutes and I get a lot more of, of the benefits. And I like mm. to do it. Uh, so for example, if I go around, I come back and I'll do it. Yesterday, I did it, I did it in my workout after the, the circuit. And uh, it just really helps me recover. I can really feel that my thoracic mobility is improved, my hip mobility is improved, and it helps me sweat a little bit more at the end of the workout as well, which I enjoy. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Absolutely. I've been doing a lot of mobility myself as well. And, it, it, and like you say, mixing it up, changing it up, not necessarily just from a squat to a squat on a machine, but from squatting and barbell work to full full yoga workouts it can be just and you're not going to go backwards you've got can't you know you're not gonna it's not you're not gonna your muscles aren't gonna melt because you have a you do six months of yoga nothing's gonna go anywhere yes it might take a bit more practice to get back up to where you was but you might find actually when you get back you're gonna be stronger not not the first workout of course no, it'll, it'll but, take a couple of weeks and that is why yeah. it's good to periodize then again yeah you for know, sure do that for a little while do, do you do your five by five for a little while run that yeah. for three months and then change it and change exactly. your exercise selection. You've been yeah. doing back squats for a while, move on to front squats, move over to overhead squats or try yeah. pistol squats, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. Should we get into the med diet then, mate? Mediterranean diet? Yeah, I mean, then again, we, we've, we've covered pretty much uh, most of the, the, the more popular diets really that, uh, you know, people tend to use. The, the Mediterranean diet is possibly, I don't know what you think, but is the one that, people would disagree the least. <laughs> yeah, no one's going right? to disagree. I'm glad I you think, said that. I yeah. think, generally speaking, when you talk about Mediterranean diet, everybody's like, oh yeah, you know, it's, it's, it, it is the one that's been proven to be, to be the most beneficial for reducing the risk of cardiovascular disease. Yeah. Then in the context that we always like to relate to, going back to the, to the, to the body composition, the weight loss, just like any other diets, right? You can lose weight on a Mediterranean diet. You can lose weight on a ketogenic diet, right? You can yeah. lose weight on, on a vegan diet. You can gain weight on either Any of, of, these of those diets, diets well. if you yeah. eat too much, right? Yeah. Just uh, before we get into this a little bit more, actually, I was going to say, because I've been, we've been talking about this, well, I've been mentioning this every time, not, not to, <laughs> you know, not to brag about things, but I've been checking my weight. And uh, for the first time in years, Tim, my scales were down to 75.8, so, so 75. When I started 75. to 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 check my weight a bit more, I was 82.5, I think, that we did on the first podcast. And since... Really? Um, six, seven kilos down since then? Wow. Yeah, quite a bit, really. And I yeah. haven't tracked my calories, and which, of course, it can be beneficial for people to do, but I'm going to be honest with you. I've done it in the past, so I have a, a rough idea anyway of... Or, you're more than rough, a good idea of what I, you know, how many calories. But um, I just feel that I don't want to be weighing and measuring things all the time just because I don't yeah. want to, you know. I think, yeah. that, you know, people like to do that, nothing against it, but I just, I, you know. But anyway, 
uh, and just be mindful. Some days I've been uh, fasting, uh, exercise fasting. I, I find that that's helping me. I'm just going for like walks in the morning, 20 minutes, 40 minutes, yeah. whatever time you've got. But just be mindful of food, right? Be mindful of, I've not followed a ketogenic or, mm. you know, whatever pattern. I've, I've just been eating based on how I feel. If the, like mm. the days I spend more calories, I was just hungry. So I just add more. But somewhere down the line, I, I must have been on a deficit, right? Of Whether course. Moving yeah. more, just eating a little bit less. Yeah. I've, been, I've been trying to eat less at night, to be honest with you. I think that uh, that's something that might have contributed to that. So try to eat, stop eating a little bit earlier. Then again, what might work for me might not be necessarily uh, you know, working for someone else. But I, I find that if I try to stop 7, 8 p.m., and then again, I'll, I'll try and do like a, at least 12, 12 hour fast. I yeah. find that to be beneficial. So if I can have a coffee in the morning, do a little walk or, you know, something like that to run. But uh, generally speaking, yeah. So that's, that's how, uh, you know, I, that's how I've, I've lost the weight, really. Just keeping active, just be mindful of what I've been eating, try not to eat too, you know, too late at night. But yeah, I mean, going back to the term Mediterranean diet, um, yeah, so it's the, it's the one that people would, would think that is, is possibly one of the, uh, the, 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 you know, the, the healthier uh, types of diets. And this is because it's abundance, uh, so it's rich in fruit and vegetables, generally seasonal. Oh, that's okay. good, yeah. yeah. Generally seasonal. Um, it's also rich in grains, cereals, brains, uh, breads, legumes, but these tend to be mostly unrefined. Although we can mm. talk a bit more about what that means in, in a bit. The preferred fats tends to be olive oil. And it's also, uh, in terms of protein, they tend to favor more things like fish, white meats. And you only see like things like red meats once a week or, or even less in, in some cases. Fruit uh, tends to be a typical dessert. So people, you know, after lunch, dinner, you tend to have fruit as a dessert. You only really tend to to rely on cakes and sweet things on uh, on yeah. a Sunday, and uh, also dairy. You don't eat a great deal of dairy, and that tends to be moderate, uh, low to moderate, and even things like like eggs. You tend to only have like two or four eggs a week, no more than that, really. Okay. Generally, as 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 a traditional guideline, and um, yeah, so really low in uh, in processed foods, in in meat products. And alcohol is consumed in modern amounts so one a day, one glass a day, should we say, of, of red wine is typical. So, yeah, it's high in complex carbs and fiber and low in, in simple sugars. And although these things are, I think have, they've changed a lot in, in recent years, right? I mean, yeah. I grew up in the Mediterranean um, and when I was a kid, like, uh, like in most places, I, I would say things have changed a lot. And I mean, when you, when I even look at, at pictures of, of, you know, me with my friends uh, on a beach or in a football team, everybody was, was slim and skinny. Yeah. Now, even in Italy, uh, where I'm from, you, you go to the beach, not to the extent of the UK, but you see people overweight. being overweight, you know, yeah. kids eating crisps and things like that, which yeah. really you didn't tend to eat uh, years ago, really. So um, in terms of the unrefined grains and, and things like that, that I said before, that, that would be the traditional diet. So they would have had 
more you know better quality grain products and breads you know like made prepared in a in a, in a traditional way uh but now even even that has changed a lot yeah is it what um when you say things are seasonal what um so fruit and veg are seasonal is that what you mean yeah yeah i i think like most i don't want to say most because then again it depends where you where you live my parents still live in a village so they go to the fish manga or they yeah. actually go directly to the port and, and right. wait for the boats to come in uh, yeah. when they go to the bigger town which is only a few kilometers away and but they go to the fruit and veg shop um that's uh they have their own produce basically so they can they can only have certain food they can only eat certain food certain times of the year because they're not in season but yeah if you then again i'm talking for italy if you live in milan if you live in Turin, in the bigger cities like that then people do rely on, on bigger supermarkets and i'm sure that it tends to be a lot more westernized but in the villages and when you look at the mediterranean diet it is varied because you got places like greece and spain and, and you know um Lebanon and all these places which are part of the Mediterranean diet, but it might be a little bit different from each other. Yeah. Yeah. As well. I mean, I, I know, um, I know the Lebanese diet quite well living here. Oh yeah. yeah <laughs> and yeah. I can tell you there's a lot of meat, um, and veg and veg, you know, like it, you, the, the platter of veg that comes initially with the, and, uh, pickles, you know, that comes with uh, a Lebanese meal is huge but also there is a, a lot of meat and uh, often uh, processed meat. Um, one of their, what's the, uh, the lamb, lamb kofta, for example, but you know, it, it might just be mince with some herbs. It might be, it might probably much cleaner uh, than a sausage, <laughs> than sausage meat in that we'd get in, uh, you know, in the UK. But yeah, that I, I know that diet. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that you say that's part of the Mediterranean, which I guess it is, but yeah, that's cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, the so like i said i think that generally the the mediterranean diet is recommended for for health so it's decreased yeah. risk of uh, cardiovascular disease for you know coronary heart disease and even some some types of cancer and, and that could be attributed to the you know lower rate um lower intake of saturated fats okay generally like i said the, the main fat tends to be olive oil which is a monosaturated fat instead of, you know, like butter yeah. and, and, and things like that. But then again, you could argue uh, what, what you want, that, that such a fat might not even be that much of a problem. The, exactly. the, problems, with, you know, the problems with fat is more if it's, if it's been fried, you know, yeah. uh, you know things like that are going to be a lot, a lot more problematic than just having some, you know, some butter uh, with your vegetables, what, for instance, right? So, what are general cooking techniques, Mediterranean-style dishes, um, grills if, if there's meat involved and fish is it is it a grill yeah i mean oven my, my i think of salads yeah. i mean i think of I, when i've been to mediterranean yeah. places before i just think of a lot of salads but not necessarily um they and, eat a lot of legumes i must say every time i go home eat a lot of legumes and um those tend to be so beans beans and lentils people do tend to eat a lot of those right even with pasta for example you know it's quite common to do you know pasta with beans for example right yeah um you know, he'll, he'll, things like artichokes quite a bit in the summer, and th those tend to be, you know, pretty good for gut, uh, gut bacteria as well. Um, a lot of salads, yeah, uh, courgettes, eggplants, so things like that. You don't, you know, you don't really see that, that much in terms of broccoli and, and kale, unless it's winter, really. No. 
So in the nutrient summer, dense foods, right? They were all everything yeah. you've mentioned there. Yeah, peppers, like and tomatoes, with... of course. You know, um, different different types, different colors, and of course, a lot, a lot of onion and garlic and things like that. Yeah, very hard to overeat on anything you've mentioned. Like you're not gonna end up uh, in a in a big calorie surplus the weight on those foods that you've just mentioned. There's nothing like what might creep into a into a British diet like you know well an english fry up breakfast can easily put you in a calorie surplus just before you've even before you've even got to 10 p.m you know but even if it's healthy let's say a western breakfast maybe a porridge or something like that it's can if it's cooked it you know if you're having it with milk and stuff already you're in a in a quite a high calorie breakfast whereas everything you've mentioned there that fits into a mediterranean diet is lowering calories but higher in nutrients nutrient density you know yeah, I mean, like I said, these are the guidelines, and I, I think that they've changed a lot in in the last years, right? What the but, guideline, um, but the guidelines to the diet haven't changed. You just think that the general way people yeah, are eating. Yeah, I'll tell you what the guidelines are in, in a second. But um, I think that generally speaking, the approach that would have been of the Mediterranean is very, very moderate in a way yeah. that people do not overeat generally, right? So mm-hmm. if you have a plate of pasta even is on a massive plate if you have a glass of wine it's a small glass of wine like i yeah. said dessert would have been a piece of fruit people have a if they have a piece of meat is on a small piece of meat yeah even your, coffee is small. even your coffee even your coffee is a small yeah i mean <laughs> you know what that is i i just think here in the for example you go to some of these big coffee chains and you see like you the large cappuccinos i mean a joke isn't it those can be good for your stomach whether, no whether you like to intolerance or not, then we're going to debate all of that all you want, but drinking a massive bowl of coffee with, yeah. with, with, with milk and, and it can be good for you. Right? Well, I learned, I learned recently, what, do you know why they call an Americano an Americano? Um, not really, actually, no. So um, when uh, American soldiers were in Italy, mm. um, they, w- they didn't like... They didn't like an espresso, which is traditionally Italian, a yeah. short drink, right? They didn't like it. So they added water to it and it just became known as an Americano okay. for the Americans and Americano. Yeah, which you know what? I, I, like, I, I must say I have a longer coffee than a, because I like to enjoy it for yeah, a Yeah, no, no, me too. I just like a, make my espresso black. Uh, quadruple. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. I like it thick, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, I remember working in bars and restaurants in Italy and often people would ask for a um, espresso ristretto which means shorter which is literally really? if you're doing a machine bam bam it's like literally like a, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it would not even be a, a, a sip that's what it is yeah. and yeah. a lot of people would, would ask for that but then they're also yeah. having 10 of those a day <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know so, so i think um, we've discovered a, a key to the mediterranean diet is just have everything small that's one of the answers well, maybe. I mean, and, and, and those people, you know, would, would, would have been a lot leaner, a lot more petite, generally speaking. Yeah. But like now, you know, you, you, like I said, it's not, it's not the case so much. But is in terms anyone, of... Um, um, just a question. Is there anyone that's... I've not checked, but has anybody like monetized it? We know of the Mediterranean mm-hmm. diet. What we're talking about here is generally the way med- the, the, the people of the Mediterranean eat. But has anybody, you know, like the like um mark what's his name with the prime with the uh, ah yeah has yeah. anybody taken it and put it put put their brand put it made it their brand or is it just still a, a thing that people... i don't think so really no i don't either i couldn't I think don't... of anybody 
I don't think so. Also, it's, it's such such a wide known diet that. But yeah, I know what you mean like Marxism with with a paleo and yeah, no, I, I don't think so really. But um, in terms of guidelines, so fat should be twenty to thirty five percent of total calories. Okay. Okay, and then again, total calories. It's you know, if if, if it's two thousand five hundred calories, it's fine. If it's five thousand calories, then it might be you know quite ex- excessive, right? But these are just statistics, and. Uh, of that 20 to 35 percent of fats, saturated fats, which is what is more correlated with a high risk of cardiovascular disease, would be seven percent or less of your daily calories, right? And things like trans fat, they should be avoided. Instead, okay. you should be having higher uh, intake of monounsaturated fats, such as olive oil, polyunsaturated fats, which you can get from uh, nuts and seeds and also higher uh, intake of omega-3 fatty acids, which you get from fish. Okay, so yeah, fish is something that people would generally, like I see my parents, uh, they fish, I don't wanna say every day, Tim, but I, I would say at least four or five times a week. Wow, okay, yeah, right. okay. A lot of white fish, because they just get what, what you know, what boats uh, bring in, right? So sea yeah. bass and things like that, basically. Yeah. Octopus, uh, yeah. shellfish in, in season, okay. Uh, carbohydrates. It should be 45 to 65 percent of total calories and then again this should be more in favor of complex carbs and uh over simple carbs so complex carb more like what you know as unrefined right mm. so whole grain and and, and things like yeah. that uh protein should be between 10 to 35 percent of total calories so fish legumes uh, are more desirable over over meat products now 10 percent we spoke about this in the past. I don't think would be enough. I'd no, be more. I, th- uh, I think we, si- science would guide us a bit higher, a bit quite a bit higher than that, right? Yeah, I would say. Yeah, we spoke about this before, but I would say you know based on this, at least thirty percent. Mm. If if you would go into a split like that, for me, mm. I'd probably say yeah. I mean, I don't know fifty. I would I would probably go for like fifty. 50-60% of carbs, carbs a day depend based on activity, depend, based on, yeah. on goals, and then the rest between fats and uh, maybe like 30% uh, protein, 20% fats, really. Mm-hmm. Fiber uh, intake should be between 30 to 35 grams uh, a day p- uh, for men and 21 to 25 grams a day for women. I don't know why the difference is so high, but we're just assuming that men would have a higher body weight and, and that's probably why. Yeah. Fruits uh, should be about four portions a, a day, and cereals should be about 170 grams a day. So, and and like I said, there is is quite it's quite low. Although the recommendations here about three cups of uh, low fat dairy a day. Then again, low fat. I'm not completely uh, all in favor of that, but these are just uh, the guidelines. Yeah. But. Um, I, th- I think that generally speaking, sorry, uh, would be that when you're looking at like the pyramid, for example, for the Mediterranean diet, I saw one before, I think I've lost it, but basically, you know, like in, in the bottom of the pyramid where you would have generally uh, like the, the, the grains and all that. Yes. The, the modern one, which uh, was, was created just a few years ago, I think it's 2018 they have actually been active and spending time together and, and things yeah. like that. Because I think that when you look at, at the low risk of cardiovascular disease, yes, diets can have a, a very important role, but the main thing really there is a sense of community, spending time together, 
lower mm. stress levels that associated normally with our, with those types of countries. Relaxing and uh, an, an activity being part of your day to day. So they've essentially they've added a slice to the pyramid. If people don't know what we're talking about, the food pyramid or the yeah. sort of hierarchy of different foods. When when me and Dave did our qualifications years ago, that it would have been <laughs> baseline would have been potatoes, yeah. bread, pasta, and 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 the carbohydrates. Yeah. And then as you went up to the top, the top of the pyramid would have been nuts, seeds fish protein yeah. which yeah. you would pre- pretty much you would flip that around these days right if we forget the activity and stuff but we would pretty much flip um one of those old food pyramids on its head now yeah i mean like i said we, we said this many times to you know to people i i feel that people should eat based on on activity right in, yeah and especially in terms of carbs right yeah if you yeah. are yeah. going to be very active then again it depends who you are if you're really lean and you tolerate carbs well, then okay, you know, you might not be able to, you might not need to restrict yourself that much. But with a lot of people that we talk to that are struggling with the weight and want to lose a bit more weight, and they might not be as active as, as they would like to, then yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Manage yeah. your carbs is step number one, in my opinion, to, uh, you know, to reduce your body weight for sure. Yeah, cool. Nice, good stuff. So that's a nice little summary of quite a, sensible it's one of the most sensible diets we've covered right like sensible from the point of view of that you can it's sustainable you can do it for long periods of time i don't think it'd cut out many people's favorite foods okay there might be some sweets and desserts that people could learn to fit into that diet and treat themselves um it's accessible to everybody. Everybody's can, can get those foods into their, into their diet. It's not like we're talking about strange foods that nobody, it's not like, you know, the other one I'll release today will be the carnivore diet. That'd be quite um, expensive at least for a lot of people and stuff like that. So I think it's a really healthy, really sustainable, um, sensible diet. The most sensible we've done. I yeah. think. No, no, absolutely. The, the only thing I think that's um, for what I've seen in Italy, especially is the uh, lunch and, and, and dinner good? It's just breakfast. Breakfast doesn't seem to be to be really. Uh, people don't really seem to be paying a lot of attention to the, to breakfast in Italy. I think that most people don't really have that much appetite mm. in the morning. Uh, coffee, cappuccino maybe, uh, yeah. and, and and a croissant or cigarette. <laughs> and a fag, yeah. <laughs> the, the, uh, the start of the day. But no, j- joking aside, if you go to to bars in the morning in Italy, which people go to, to a bar to, to drink coffee, right? Yeah. Even yeah. though they have coffee at home, everybody goes to the bar. If you go to a yeah. bar in Italy, seven o'clock, eight o'clock in the morning, people come and go, have an espresso, don't even sit down and, and, and go in the car and go to work, whatever, right? Yeah. On the bicycle, whatever. And, but yeah, breakfast don't, doesn't tend to be very popular at all. I, um, I really don't know anybody that would sit down and have like a cooked breakfast in Italy. I don't know even where you would find one, where I'm from, for example. Really? Okay. Even though like it's a tourist location where I'm from, we got, we got, uh, uh, when my sister, cause I was asking my sister actually, she works at a nice hotel and she told me that actually you do put boiled eggs out for, for some of the foreigners, but that's as far as it goes. If, <laughs> you, eggs, you know, you're not going to sit down and get uh, yeah. sausage and eggs or things like that, right? Yeah, you, might, yeah. you might have some ham if you're lucky, or, you know, a slice of cheese, things like that. Yeah. But yeah, or people who otherwise would just have like a yogurt or a piece of fruit. So we're um, th- there. You're almost talking there about backloading calories, which I'm a fan of. Actually, I backload calories throughout my day as much as possible. I go with a low calorie breakfast, 
um, and try not to consume. I, I'm, I'm definitely on, I mean, it's three o'clock, coming up to three o'clock here now, and I'm on less than, less than 600 calories today. So when I have my evening meal, I like to be able to have a thousand calories in an evening yeah. if I want them, you know? So, uh, you know, there you've spoke about people, their, their environment automatically has backloaded their calories towards the end of the day, which yeah. I mean, forget the science behind it. There's people that have done studies into it. I quite like it as a habit to get into because I think people over consume in an evening, you know, you get in from work, you're tired, you can't be bothered to cook. You end up ordering food rather than, and if you've saved calories throughout your day, there's space for all of that. I'm not saying this isn't the Mediterranean diet. I'm just saying it's not a bad habit to, to think about cutting out people's breakfast. Often we've just spoke about Starbucks here. Um, often people have done a thousand calories and not even included it in any food. Like, you know, you've had one of yeah. these stupid Frappuccino things with all the cream on top and a cookie and you've had no nutrients whatsoever, but you've had a thousand cat or you've had 800 Absolutely. calories, you know? But you know what? I mean, yeah, that, that is just the way that it's, it's, it's last day. Nobody's doing it because, you know, for any particular reason for weight loss no. is, it's just no. traditional, right? Habit, and yeah. ultimately, listen, if you get up in the morning and you're not hungry, then don't, don't eat. eat, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think in terms of uh, managing weight, avoiding liquid calories as much as you can, I think it's definitely, yeah, 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 yeah. Not only this, you know, little nutrition, but you eat, you have those calories. They give you cravings to eat more food late in the day. There's just nothing, nothing really positive mm. in my mind comes from having those liquid calories, really. No, not, not at all. No. Um, yeah, that's good stuff, mate. I think we've, uh, I think we've wrapped up the Mediterranean diet there. Yeah. A thought I had, um, and maybe people who listen to this want to tell us uh, or, or request anything that we can go over because we're running out of diets, but a thought I've had there is talking about a region's diet like the Mediterranean. Maybe we could go into different regions of the world and have a look at them a bit more, a bit more closely. Forget what diet that, you know, forget the name branded diets, but we could go into other places that we know are, uh, that, that uh, we know are healthy. Like I talked about the five, um, the five blue zones of the world. I think I can send you a, doc a document or two on that um, and have a look at why the Maasai, the Maasai have a, a high number of centennials. People live into a hundred, obviously, therefore they've got a healthy diet. We can have a look at um, diets in and around the world. You know, I think that might be another thing worth looking at for us. And, uh, you know, there's no point in doing, there's no point in doing the UK versus North America. There's nothing much changes, but, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, it might be worth looking at different regions of the world with interesting diets if they're healthy, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, cool. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll post something out there and see what people... Uh, yeah, if anybody has, wants uh, us to go over anything yeah. specific that they've heard of, you know, even if you've heard of something a little bit crazy. I ha you know what I did have today? This is a bit disappointing, and she might even listen to this, is um, I... I got um, asked my opinion of the juice plus Herbalife kind of, um, you know, things. And I, I was, I just steered them well away from, well away from them. So we don't like to be too negative on this podcast, but it might be something we have to address where we just point out why these, the pros and cons of these sort of, uh, these sort of regimented sachet kind of diets um, might be something we do. And then, then we might be able to find some pros in it. I mean, I, I've got a family that have lost weight doing them, but I really just don't suggest that um, 
it's not something I recommend. You know what? I mean, they, they, they might work for a while. And then again, you know, we don't want to be bashing anyone or any, any method. If something, something works for you, it's fine. But in my opinion, you always have to do something that is going to be sustainable. You know? Exactly, yeah. And I, I, don't, I don't think that the things that are those sachets are, they might be okay for a while. Don't get me wrong. People might do them for six months or a year mm. and be successful if yeah. you want to be measuring weight, weight loss as successful. But for, for a lot of times, unfortunately, they don't really teach uh, proper behaviors, eating behaviors. And, exactly. And, I know. pointed her, actually, the, the lady that asked me about it, I pointed her to our, our, um, our podcast on uh, vegan on the vegan diet because she was, was she's trying to go a little bit more plant-based which is fine as we know um and she was asking oh i thought these sachets might help with supplementation i said well go and listen to this podcast and she's added the supplements that we talked about that we recommended she's added them to her shopping list so michelle if you're listening um <laughs> good on you. i think that's the, i think that's the better decision well yeah. Yeah. yes all right mate uh, yeah. thanks for listening everybody and so. we will um, we'll have another one out in the next week or two. We've yeah. got um, many more things to discuss. Dave, stay on the line. See you later, guys. Cheers, guys.